That is up, listeners. Welcome to Predator vs. Movies. I am Dracula. Obviously. And I'm Aiden. And this is a podcast where we discuss and review the latest movie releases. We'll start off with a non-spoiler review before diving into a deep discussion of the film, and then we will ask the most important question. Would this movie be better if the alien from Predator was in it? This are you Dracula or are you Boat Dracula? That's the question. I'm actually David Dismalchian. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, this week we will be reviewing The Last Voyage of the Demeter. Uh, Dracula is now on a boat. Uh, yeah. Before we get into that, we do have some news for you. First of all, we have some very somber and upsetting news. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> due to the writer and actor strike, which, again, cannot stress enough, good thing. We mm-hmm. like that they're striking and we support good them job. fully. Yeah. But sometimes good things have consequences. <laughs> Unforeseen but, consequences. That's just the price you gotta pay sometimes. Sometimes yeah, you gotta so like there are a few casualties in the war, you know what I mean? And one of these one of these truly unfortunate casualties <laughs> is the loss or at least the pushing back of one Craven the Hunter. Uh, no. it is moving its release date from I think October of this year to August 30th of next year. What a travesty. That actually makes me so upset. I, I unironically saw that trailer and it was like, I know we talked about this before, but that trailer is legitimately interesting to me. And so like, this is a, this is a bit and I honestly don't give a fuck that it got pushed back. But also part of me is like, damn, no craving. (laughs) (laughs) I'm, I'm honestly like I was kind of looking forward to that movie, <laughs> just for like the absurdity. Like sometimes yeah. you get excited for dumb movies. Like this was mine. Yeah. This was my dumb okay. movie. I was really excited for it. <sighs> and now I have to wait a year. That's but like again, me. If the if the Five Nights at Freddy's movie got pushed back, I'd be so upset. I'm so excited to see that one. Yeah, <laughs> it is like that. It's like it's like dune and peter like a really good movie and peter i am actually probably more upset about losing out on craven than i am on losing dune yeah that is valid. like that is a genuine fact yeah. as much as i think dune 2 will be a much better movie than craven the hunter mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who's to say well we don't know <laughs> yeah. we don't know for sure uh another bit of news for you for yous news for yous uh is that uh Nathan Fielder has a new show. Aiden, why don't you tell us a bit about this news? He sure does. It's called The Curse, and he co-wrote it with Benny Safdie, and it's going to be starring those two as well as Emma Stone. Uh, and I don't know why you toss this to me, because you're the one that has more information about it. <laughs> uh, taking it back. Taking it back. Uh, the, the premise, this is the Wikipedia article on it. Uh, the yeah. series will explore... How an alleged curse disturbs the relationship of a newly married couple as they try to conceive a child while co-starring on their problematic... (laughs) This makes you laugh every time. Of their problematic new HGTV show, Flipanthropy. Uh, That was fucking awesome. Uh, (laughs) I just love that also Nathan Fielder is writing a narrative show, which he hasn't done in a while. And he's like... Starring like he's gonna be the one married to Emma Stone, <laughs> which is kind of funny to me. Uh, 
and then Benny Snafty is the the producer of the show apparently. Oh okay. Um, and we just saw a little that, picture. That is one I'm excited for. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for that one. It's it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting. I don't doubt that. That is a that is yeah. a, <laughs> a very um what's the word eclectic like that is an yeah. interesting group of individuals you've you've gathered there. Also, just such a premise. Two thirds of which premise. you would find in like art house cinema, and then Nathan <laughs> Fielder. <laughs> it's also just like it's a premise that's like four different things that in and of themselves yeah. are like different premises. <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious as to how those all tie together. That's gonna be yeah, fun. I also just, I love the idea of making fun of HGTV shows. That is, yeah. that's very pervasive in my house. Not the making fun of part, the insincere watching of those shows. So, Well, uh, also the idea of a problematic HGTV show. <laughs> and I then the, I like how the, the name implies, like, you could kind of think of a few places, Flipanthropy, like, you could think of a few places that might go where you'd be like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think also, it didn't mention it in the, the synopsis, but I think it's in, like, a, a poor community, and one right. that is, like, has a, has a specific cultural heritage that is right. not shared by any of those cast members. <laughs> so I think, I think that's a big part of it, is the gentrification aspect. I also like the idea like that... They're, they're going to be flipping houses and then yeah. seemingly also like conducting ethnographic studies or something. Yeah, I also like that the um, the term problematic HGTV shows implies <laughs> that there are unproblematic HGTV shows. <laughs> Questionable. And none uh, of them but, are. Exactly. Um, we also have some trailers for you. We've seen some trailers for some things. First up, uh, the oh, I think it. Uh, I wish I knew this. I think it won the Palm Door at Cannes. Is that correct? I think so. I think you're correct. Uh, this is a movie called Anatomy of a Fall, um, and it it looks really good. Uh, it also it looks a good. lot like Decision to Leave, ironically. But hey, sometimes yeah, that happens. I saw that you said that, and I don't. Oh, you just mean plot wise. Yeah. Oh, when you said said that to me, I thought you meant like, oh, this visually and stylistically looks like Decision to Leave, and I was like, no. It's no, it doesn't. It, it doesn't share <laughs> Park Chan Wook's just like insane no. camera, frame, <laughs> dolly, wide shot. Yeah. Zoom and, in yeah. from twenty four to three hundred millimeters across like thir- through through three houses and then changing focus. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Yeah. 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 No, uh, I think uh, I think this movie looks very Scandinavian too, and I think mm, that that's this that's is an true. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> I do like Scandinavian movies though. That's uh, uh, that's an aesthetic no I actually like a lot. Uh, it's uh, but it looks good. So it, it kind of loosely follows um, uh, a woman who is on trial for the suspicious death of her husband. Uh, it seems that she may have pushed him, which, if anyone has seen Decision to Leave, is exactly the setup for that movie. That is the uh, setup it seems, for that movie. It seems a little bit less romantic, though. I'll, I'll give I'll give this yeah. movie that. Uh, but uh, very excited to see that. It it does look as good as people have been saying. Um, Another uh, kind of like Academy Awards type movie coming out, Maestro, uh, by yes. the the man who brought you A Star Is Born, the fourth iteration of it, I believe. Uh, yeah. Bradley he's Cooper. He's on the deep end. He he was he was in the deep end, and maybe he's out of the deep end. But Actually, but they're not... in the shallow now. Now they're no, in the he, shallow. I will say he is back in the deep end. Uh, okay. I don't know if you've seen this, but. Um, I've well, seen the I, controversy 
around yeah. this. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's playing Leonard Bernstein, a famous conductor. Uh, Leonard Bernstein was Jewish, and apparently, in order to really portray that character, Bradley Cooper decided to wear a prosthetic nose, which I could yeah. see being an offensive choice. Uh, right. The the Bernstein kids. That sounds like succession. The the, <laughs> uh, the people who you know were working with him on it approved of it apparently, mm. but it is when you see like side by side comparisons, it's like, okay, Bradley, what were you? It's also what like, were you hoping to achieve here? It's also like he already doesn't look like the dude, and so it's like yeah. why, why even do it? <laughs> no one's gonna be like, no, I don't believe you. You're not that guy. You're just yeah, it's Bradley Cooper. Also, like, <laughs> the idea of, like, prosthetics, like, it's it's choosing when you need to use them. And I think yeah. I think this is an obvious example of, like, you look enough like the guy. You don't yeah. need to look, you don't need to have a spitting image replication of this conductor that I, like, could not tell you what he looks like. He could yeah, look like Bradley only, Cooper for all I care. You know? And the only thing you modify is, like, the most stereotypical physical feature yeah. associated with that ethnic group. A, yeah. little a, a little, little strange. A little strange. The one thing if I will we... say, there's one shot in this trailer where it's like a shadow and it's like uh, a person is like in the shadow and it's conducting. That looked fucking awesome. I will say that. Like, I, I think that I, this trailer, like, this movie looks very good. <laughs> from, it looks from, very like, good. This is what I'm saying. If you ignore the prosthetic nose part, uh, every other, like, visually, I was, mm-hmm. like, stunned. Uh, I, I haven't seen A Star Is Born, any iteration of it, particularly the Bradley Cooper one, uh, and I'm starting to think maybe I should. Maybe I should go mm-hmm. back and I should revisit that um, because I'm, I'm thoroughly impressed. Um, I don't know if you heard this, but apparently Spielberg was producing this or maybe executive producing it, and Bradley Cooper was like, I want to direct it. And he said, yeah. mm, maybe. And then he saw A Star is Born, or he was like at like one of the earliest screenings of it or something. Yeah. And then when they left the screening, Spielberg was like, you're doing Maestro. You've got it. And really? Yeah. I really like this turn for Bradley Cooper. I kind of like I haven't, him as a, as a I haven't seen Star is Born, but I'm, I am skeptical of that movie from what I have mm. seen of it. But this one looks very different. So It does look very different. It's nose very... aside. <laughs> nose aside. It's very tar. I want to do like a tar back to back feature double that would, feature. That would, that would be punishing. I will say it that. might be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's also funny that it's, this is actually, this is a prequel for tar. This is pre tar because isn't oh. he, he was claimed to be her um, mentor. I thought if I'm not mistaken. Oh, maybe, maybe I, think I don't he, remember. He's in the, the, the TV when she's back at home. Uh, but uh, yeah, looks good. I'm very excited for this movie as well. And that's uh, that's being released by Netflix. Interesting. Last thing, speaking of streaming services, we have a another Disney Plus original <laughs> series for you. Oh, Man, this one's mention, sad. Not this to mention this. Me <laughs> yeah, we, we weren't going to mention this, but also have you seen the clips for Ahsoka? Yeah. So bad. It looks 
I, I've, I've completely given up on Star Wars. I've seen that uh, one review where it was like, certain people who liked Andor might not like this one. It's like, yeah, the best thing they've ever been. <laughs> people, people, yeah. people who like the best Star Wars show by far. Exactly. I, and that was, that was supposed to be like an endorsement of Ahsoka, which is yeah. crazy. But uh, what we are actually talking about now is there was a, a I wouldn't call it a trailer, but a, a brief teaser, perhaps, for the series adaptation of Percy Jackson. Now, yeah. I've been, I've been in, I, I was a Percy Jackson kid. I, so I've I... been anticipating this for a while because everyone hated the movies and said the movies were yep. so unfaithful. We want a proper adaptation of our beloved childhood stories. And right. I, never did I believe I would watch something that made me reminisce <laughs> the movies. Like, See, okay. I didn't think that was I've, possible. I've seen some tweets like that. I am not there. I disagree. People are forgetting. <laughs> those movies are truly bad. Especially the second one. Bad. is It's so yeah. bad. Like, those are bad. And I don't even care about faithfulness. You can change mm-hmm. tons of the book as long as it's, like, good. Like, as long as you just yeah, make yeah. a good movie in the end, I'm completely fine with you doing that. The problem is that they made a shitty movie. They just made mm-hmm. real, They made two very bad movies. But when I saw this trailer, and it's the shot of Ares walking in that landscape, I audibly went like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, I, I, I had like a guttural reaction. I had like a very visceral reaction to that. Like, I just, that is bad. Yeah. It's it's the curse of the volume. The yeah. Peter actually, who is absent <laughs> to mention that, uh, sent us a, a tweet. It was a quote tweet of um, of of the tweet the the tweezer of the teaser, of uh, a, a a picture I think of the last shot of Oppenheimer. So spoilers for that, I guess. But uh, the last yeah. shot is of course him being like, "What have I done?" Kind of like this yeah. creation I've wrought on the world. And then the tweet yeah. said something like, that's Greg Frazier, like, for the volume, for crea- having yeah. created the volume. What damage have I caused on, on film could not be more true. That's yeah. It's truly it's a also, terrible weapon he's unleashed. The point of the volume is that, like, you can make a really nice landscape that will film there. It's just, like, a boring landscape. Like, even, even yeah. beyond just it being filmed badly and not integrated well, it's just not even a fun design. And... Like, I had to really... I know the book. I have read Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief in my life. I've probably read that, like, eight times. So, I like, I That's know that book really well. And it's, like... I, I had to, like, really think about, like, where the fuck is he? Like, where is I think this? It's and it's like, oh, that's, beach. like, New York. That's, like, the... Lo- yeah, it's, like, Long Beach. Or Montauk or whatever it is. Montauk. That's where... They go back to Montauk for that? Well, I don't remember this at all. Well, okay, it's wherever... I think it's wherever the yeah. fight is at the end of yeah. that book. But, yeah. yeah. But it's like, it's, I was like, oh, fuck, that is ugly. <laughs> that, is not, a, that does not look good. It's not an enticing thing, I'll tell you that. Um, that being said, I will watch the series. Like, I think <laughs> no matter what, I'm going to watch it. Just because I, I read, I not only read the original Percy Jackson, I also read the, I read the first one eight times, and then I read the sequel series as well. So I, I read yeah, in total yeah. ten of ten books of that saga. I know that there were more. Um, but not eight times. But those are the ones that, yeah, not eight times. No, that's the only one I read that many times. Yeah, I I even went so far as to watch or to read some of the other like branching off related series, but I like the I Egyptian don't think I can be convinced. One? Yeah, I, did, I read those ones. Yeah. Anyways, uh, speaking of things that uh, were looked kind of bad CGI, could be better. 
we watched a movie, The Last Voyage oh, really? of the Demeter. Okay. And sometimes it, it wasn't terrible. That's not but like a standout. We'll I actually thought, yeah, we'll get into it. Never mind. <laughs> I was trying to find a loose connection. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but we watched a movie, and Aiden is going to tell us about it. Yes, so we watched the movie Last Voyage of the Demeter. This is a horror film. You're stalling everyone. Yeah, was... He's not ready. <laughs> no, I pro- it's up now. Uh, this is directed by Andre Ovridal. Uh It was written by Braggy, Braggy Shutt Jr. and Zach Olkowitz. Uh, it is based on the captain's log from Bram from Bram Stoker's Dracula, which, as I understand it, is a very small portion of that book. Two um, chapters. Just, yes. So cool. It's questionable, cool. but cool. Um, starring Corey Hawkins, uh, Ailing Franciosi, <laughs> Liam Cunningham, uh, and David Dasmalchen. Uh, it, cinematography by Tom Stern. Uh, this has a bunch of production companies. Stern, like boat. No, oh, nice, nice. Boat, Dracula's on a boat. So, okay, moving on. Bunch of production companies on this one. It was released August eleventh, twenty twenty-three. Runtime of one hundred nineteen minutes. Uh, it had a budget of forty-five million and is currently made nine point three million. Ooh, (laughs) that's not good. That's not good. Uh, we'll talk about how that might impact future yeah. Voyage movies. but Future Boat um, Dracula. What, <laughs> okay, no, we'll talk about that later. But um, <laughs> apparently, the one thing I found very interesting about this is this has been in development hell, sort of. Or yeah. the script has for two decades. Braggy has been mm-hmm. writing this since the 90s. And one would think really? that Having it had this script for two decades, it would be significantly better. But <laughs> if, if The Flash and Black Adam have shown us anything, is that is not the case. This movie movie's is way better than both of those, though. No, I'm just saying generally. Yeah. Movies long yeah, in yeah, yeah. Well, this, reminder, this one had another decade in addition to The Flash <laughs> and Black Adam. Yeah. It was that second decade that really got it to, to where it's at. Right. But, um, yes, thank you for the movie info. Now we do our classic segment we we play a game it's called Predacritic. there's a yes. website on the internet called metacritic uh and the scores critics give scores of a movie and they're average out of 100 we are going to guess where uh the last voyage of the demeter lands on that metric uh and the person who's going first it's actually really interesting who's going to go first because who yeah. knows it's actually mm. up to a wheel and the it's wheel is usually spun during this time um, right. And it could really be anyone. It's Why really wasn't it? A coin. Was it spun this time or? Like uh, it's actually you. It actually oh, has okay. been spun, <laughs> and it is you who is going first. Who is guessing first? Mm. Where do you think? What do you think the score of this movie is? Uh, so off off rip, I'm thinking somewhere sixty ish. Sorry, off that's... rip. Off off rip. Is that what you said? Yeah. What does that mean? Yeah. It's is like that a off, thing? Off the, right off the bat, yeah. Off rip? Okay. No, yeah. it's, see, off the off the bat is a real thing. No, and off, off rip is dome. a real thing. Off I've the dome is real. It. Off rip immediately right away. Look it up. Owned. You are owned by with facts and logic. I see. <laughs> <laughs> Urban Dictionary says, uh, "No, that's not the one I wanted to read." To drink, eat an item directly out of the container. 
off rip. Yeah, okay, just look up. Okay. Okay, whatever. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm thinking around 60. I think that um, I'll get it. I'll talk more about my personal feelings on this movie when we get into the spoiler review. Uh, but I think that this is kind of an average movie in a lot of ways. And I think that critics will like the things that are good about it and will not have high expectations for it so will not be super upset about the things that are not as good about it that's my logic i'm going smack at 60. Mm. i i could feel this being a a 60s movie Mm. the question is higher or lower i don't have this is kind of revealing my thoughts but I, i don't really have a lot of faith in this movie uh, something mm. this movie it's wishes its characters had more of. Mm. Um, I know I have I have a feeling that critics are going to be mean, so I'll go with fifty nine. I won't. Okay. I'll sort of play the game, I suppose, in a way. Uh, let's find out. The last voyage of the Demeter. That Demeter voyage. always voyaging. Ah, and sometimes my wisdom pays off. It is, in fact, Mm. even lower than 59. It is 52, uh, which I think is closer to what I was expecting in my heart of hearts. Uh, Mm. But now having played the game, the winner of this game gets to give their non-spoiler reactions first. This is, of course, me in this case. Uh, So I watched this movie. Uh, Dracula on a Boat was a pretty funny meme, but this was not a fun movie to watch. Uh, I did a fun story, watch this in a movie theater by myself. There was not nice. a single other person in the theater. That's awesome. It was 10 o'clock at night when it started, and I was a little bit scared. Not because <laughs> the movie was particularly scary. The trailers were a little more unnerving, but just the vibe of being in a theater completely empty and always like kind of like turning around and being like, <laughs> did anyone enter? Is there a did the boat Dracula become a land Dracula? Holy shit, there's a boat behind me! What? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just getting worried that someone will have entered the theater after me right. and is going to surprise me. It's it's not the fear mm. of, a, of a Dracula or even a boat Dracula appearing, but uh, I was a little bit scared. But then uh, the movie did not sustain this very well. Uh, I didn't find it particularly scary. It's, it's a fine movie. It's okay. Um, I didn't find it particularly riveting. I found it really boring, actually, which was disappointing. Um, I think the setup is a pretty neat idea to take, like, a small part of a larger story and really kind of, like, dive into that. I think, so I, So the concept of Dracula on a boat is is ripe with opportunity, and I don't think this movie uses that opportunity particularly well. I don't think the characters are very interesting. I think they could have been a little bit better. They tried. It was clear they tried. Um, there were some interesting moments here and there, I think, but uh, not really enough to like sway me too greatly. David Desmalchian is just a... He is an actor. He is he is very good. And so I liked, I liked watching him for uh, an hour and a half. Um, but... Uh, Boat Dracula didn't really do a, a lot for me. It looks fine. It, mm. it looks pretty good. I'll I'll give it that. The cinematography isn't isn't too bad. Um, so I think I gave it on Letterboxd a two, a two out of five. And yeah, I'm not gonna tell people to go watch 
about Dracula. Mm. Uh, but those are my those them's my thoughts. Yeah. So while I don't think this is this is certainly not going to be high in my favorite movies of the year, to me this is what movies are about. I wish yeah. that I wish. See, this is the I, I want, knew you would take this angle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want movies like this to come out all the time because this is what I want to see. I think that this is a movie of many missed opportunities. I agree. The setup is potentially interesting. There are even specific things they set up in the movie and do not pay off, which is strange to me. Because it's like, to me, it's like, it's clear that was where you were going and you just didn't do it for some reason. Uh, I think there are some, this is a movie, this is something I want to talk about. This is in the general subgenre of supernatural horror where characters are stuck in an isolated place with a like unbeatable kind of monster you think alien the thing predator whatever like all it is these movies alien. are some... it's the same right yeah. but i'm saying it's like i don't even think you can say it's just alien like there are tons of movies that are like this specific premise like it's it's almost like a subgenre of itself and i want to talk about why i think those movies work a lot better and so that's there are specific things with where how the conflict develops that i think are pretty problematic I really like, and I don't mean like cancel it. I just mean it's not done super well. Um, <laughs> but I like, uh, I agree that the characters aren't as fleshed out as they could be, but I like that we actually got like a merry band of quirky characters. That's something that I don't think we uh-huh. see that often where there's actually not much characterization at all. And I like that characters actually were very distinct. Like I knew, yeah. I knew exactly who they were talking about and like what the deal was generally with everyone. That's cool. I like that. Um, There are some other problems I have with the character, though. Uh, Yeah, I think that it's a pretty basic cinematography style, but I actually think that they did... This is not a super high-budget movie, and I actually think that they made some smart decisions with particularly around CG, and also, you know, this is a movie where it you probably want somewhat realistic light sources, and I think that they did a good job of, like of lighting scenes in such a way that didn't get too dark, but also had like a, a motivated light that made sense. I liked the shallow focus, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more. Mm. Um, yeah. So I give this movie, I would give this movie three stars. I would recommend it. I think that the average moviegoer would have fun with this. I think that, uh, I think that it's like, this is just like a fun kind of movie. I like the gore. I like the kills. There are moments where I went like, Whoa. And that's what I want. That's what I want to do. This is three stars. Oh. I would recommend it. Very cool. Uh, now, seeing as you have lost uh, the Predacritic game, you also have a great burden. You have I to do. summarize this movie in two minutes. Uh, we will give a spoiler warning as well. Pew, 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 pew. That's your spoiler alarm. Wee-oo, wee-oo. You've been warned. Uh, yep. And you are now going to tell us what happens in this movie uh, in two minutes. You yep. ready for this? I sure am. Okay, here you go. Three, two, one, let's go. Okay, so we start, uh, there's a boat, and the, they're transporting stuff from Transylvania. Woo, boxes from Transylvania, it's going on this boat. They're looking for crew members. There's this doctor from England who is like, take me on. He saves a kid, and that like proves his worth, and he's on. And so he's part of the crew. They set off. Uh, turns out, pretty early on, there's a, a girl that they find who's like a stowaway, and they're like, what the heck? And so there's, like, controversy over, like, should we kill her or no? They don't. The doctor, like, the doctor's doing blood transfusions. 
um every single night people are dying and the people and the crew is like well that's fucked like we want to people are dying but we don't want to pull over because we want to get our bonus from the people that we're delivering this to as the movie goes on more people are dying night by night uh we learn a little bit more about what's going on the girl springs to life and says that the demon's on board and they start to slowly kind of believe that there's that the devil is on board um, and then we start to, at a certain point, they realize there is, in fact, a boat Dracula on board who is killing people. When he sucks their blood, they're kind of psychically linked and possessed by him. Uh, and so that's that's a little bit of a problem. They eventually devise the plan that they're going to sink the Demeter, which is the name of the boat, so as to kill Dracula and then try to escape on the safety boat to shore once they are near England, which is where it was being shipped to initially. Um, because Dracula apparently has dri- sucked everyone's blood in his home country is the explanation we get. Kind of yeah. insane. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that. Um, but anyway, turns out Dracula can fly. Oh no, Bo Dracula can fly, so it doesn't even really work that well. The ship winds up sinking anyway. Everyone fucking dies, pretty much, other than main guy and girl. But then girl also dies because she had been bitten and like the blood transfusions only delayed it. At the end, we have the doctor guy who made it to England. He's in a bar, and he sees Boat Dracula in the bar, and he vows to hunt down Boat Dracula for the rest of his days. Except he's not on a boat anymore. He's land. Except Dracula he's not now. Boat Dracula. Yeah, he is. He is tr- like trench coat Dracula at this point. He actually he looks like um, he looks like Jack the Ripper, and I'm wondering. Mm. Well, we'll get into that, but like potential. W- I would like to see that. <laughs> I would very much appreciate that actually. <laughs> um, okay, so to start off our spoiler discussion, actually, I do remember what we usually do. Favorite part? Did you have? Oh, we one? do. Uh, there are a few. There are a few things I like. So yeah, one of the things that I legitimately really like, one of my favorite parts, is when the crew first sits down for their full meal together. And they're just like talking and we are introduced to the quirks of these different characters. I actually think it's quite a nice scene. I think like, I think that like the characters are very distinctive in this scene and we see like, we see that they're different types of fellas and we see that they have different perspectives on things. And every time that they are referenced for the next, for the remainder of the movie, because of this scene, I actually have a decent idea of where they're at, who they are, how they're going to feel about the things that happen. And that's a nice thing. I legitimately think you don't get that in a lot of modern movies. Uh, So that's nice. Uh, Another favorite part I had is just, uh, it's a very small thing. It's one of the kills when Dracula is flying and he like knocks a guy out of the air. I was like, ooh! Mm, (laughs) That was a nice one. That's near the end. Uh, So those are two. Those are are two good parts. Uh, I do agree with you that sometimes movies the characterization isn't clear and they're just kind of like stock man yeah. woman whatever you know and I, I did feel that pretty much every single character and especially the the main kind of characters were were very distinct um i'm struggling to think i didn't actually like pick out one so i'm, tr- I'm struggling to think of a part that i was like really wowed by um if anything maybe yeah i like this part i liked uh i liked when the kid died uh, <laughs> yeah but no when but, when they're trying to tip him yes yeah so specifically yeah, when yeah, he's like yeah. post he's post-mortem he's already dead um which by the way when they killed the kid i was like bold i was like good yeah. on you movie yeah. 
for kind of surprising me and for not like. Although that the like, scene in which he dies is very confusing. I don't know if you felt it the was same way. Really stupid. Some of the. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Um, yeah. So. Uh, but the, the fact that they killed the kid was a bold move, and I thought that was actually very interesting that they did that. But the scene that and I And fairly actually, early, I, too. It wasn't, like, in the climax. Yes. Yeah, this yeah. is true. Um, I, I like that he's he's dead, uh, but it's daytime. It's daytime. Yeah. Not a lot of daytime in this movie, and I actually really right. like how daytime looks in this movie. I think they did a really nice yeah. job of making daytime. Uh, and it's... it's uh, the, the captain's grandson is the boy who has died. And he's obviously distraught about this. And he's wrapped up in a sheet. And there's like a moment where he moves. And he's like, he's alive, he's alive. Don't kill my boy, my boy. Uh, And they're like, no, man, he's dead. Uh, And then he unveils the sheets. And I'm like, no, you can't do this. Because obviously he's a vampire. And then I thought thought Captain was going to get bit. And then that would be a thing. Luckily, that didn't happen for the Captain. Uh, but the kid did become uh, a marshmallow in a fire. He did yeah. burn to a crisp. Uh, also, like, horribly burning the captain, which I think was really cool for them to yeah. do that as well. Uh, so yeah, that, was, that was fun. That was a moment of, like, really strong characterization and also, mm-hmm. like, like, really palpable uh, consequences for yeah. poor decision-making and... Uh, how also just like stress and um, well in this case grief as well kind of like breed um, irrationality I suppose and sure. not not great decision making so so I think yeah. that was a, a really good scene I liked yeah I what I really like about that scene is you've touched on this a little bit and it's I think it stands out because the rest of the movie doesn't do this very much where it's like a different problem that they have to encounter that is a result of things they've already seen. So people get bitten and then they become these kind of like, uh, like walking, like zombified vampire things that are kind of controlled by Dracula. Right. And so the logical place to go to that is like confusion and like not wanting it to die and believing that like your grandson is still in there. And so I think, like, it's a good escalation of that idea. And I think one of my problems with this movie is that it doesn't escalate on its ideas very much. Like, so, for example, what when vampires hit the sunlight, they are burned alive. The boat, the boat is wooden. Like, this could be a big problem. Like, the first time mm. that we see someone being burned alive, I was like, oh, they're going to have to deal with this. And they're going to they're gonna have to have this specific problem to deal with which is something this movie is lacking and they, it doesn't happen. This movie needs more of little things that the characters do in order to try and uh, ultimately survive and defeat Dracula. And it doesn't have much of that. And this scene is an example of that happening where it's a little problem that arises as a result of one of, Dra- one of Dracula's powers. It's also very funny. I didn't, I didn't think about that while watching the movie, but it's actually quite hilarious in hindsight that you brought this up. The, the idea that Dracula plus sun equals fire, fire mm-hmm. plus wood equals bad. Like the idea, like that's so obvious that people would really understand that. And the, yet the movie doesn't do that, but makes such such a like like important point about yes. 
how how wooden the ship is. They're like, oh, wood is great. I love my wooden ship. And <laughs> they're like, you see this? This is a special quality of the wood, which the boat is made of, by the way. And they're like knocking yeah. on the wood and all oh, wood is great. Yeah. And it's just like, okay, so the boat is made of wood. I wonder if that's important. Maybe Something. for that reason or also, th- this is only occurring to me now, but like one of the ways to kill Dracula, a wooden stake through the heart. Wooden Where stake. better to get a wooden stake than a boat full of wood. Yeah. <laughs> um, and very tr- strange, though. So that ties into another problem I have. But another interesting idea based off the fire thing, another thing that they've brought up, they've specifically called attention to, is the point of navigation. The doctor mm-hmm. early in the movie says, when you move, you can lose like a compass or a map, but you can navigate with the stars. One would assume that they're going to become wayward and lost. lost. And so... Like, imagine, okay, guy burns in this, guy is tied to the mast, uh, or like the pole in the thing, mm. I don't know what it's called, sets on fire, they have to yeah, chop that off so it goes into the ocean, they are sent astray, and they, in dealing with different problems, find out that they are lost, not until nighttime, when the doctor realizes that they're nowhere close to where they thought they should be. Like, and, mm. like, that's, you see how, like, there's a build there of, like, the yeah. different things like and then and this yeah this movie's severely lacking that it's just then, the same yeah. problem like the whole yes, time yeah. that just doesn't change yeah and then so then they're off course and then he's like well, i don't know where we are i'll use the stars and then he goes oh no guys we're on dracula island exactly that would have been a very interesting movie and now i want to do dracula island <laughs> Um, but this was his plan uh, all along. <laughs> the last voyage of the Demeter is, is a a secret pilot for for Dracula <laughs> Island. Um, uh, but no, what you said about how the movie is the same all the time—that's exactly my problem. Is this movie decides what it is? Is that at night there are going to be two people on board, like on the on the deck, <laughs> and they're yeah. going to be like, "What was that?" Oh, there's, there's a sound, and then they're gonna get killed by Dracula. That plays out yeah. two or three times, and yes. it's the same every time. And Very little variation to that. Yeah, and the problem is like they take too long to believe it. Like there's one, there's one line mm. of picture that I laughed. Me and my mom, I saw this with my parents. Me and my mom laughed out loud like at the same time <laughs> on this when like they see that like a guy has clearly been bitten and like mauled, and it's like okay, there's something here. And they've all they've yeah. already learned like the girl says oh there's a demon on board and the, they mention that and the um, David Desmelishin's character says that could have been anything and me and my both it's clearly something like you don't have to yeah. leap to the devil like you can think it's anything else but there's clearly something that's biting people on board <laughs> like what do you like. Okay, yeah, and so, to but to tie into what you're saying, I was compared this movie to movies like Alien and The Thing and that sort of thing in my non-spoiler review, and I'm going to use terms that uh, Alien writer Dan O'Bannon has described in order to critique this we movie We had to read bit. that book. We, we did have to read in, that we book. It's It's a very good book, though. I would actually highly recommend that I, to anyone. I did like that book. Um, but so he defines something called dynamic conflict in which he, he talks about how instead of thinking about it as protagonist and antagonist and like, it's just a, it's a 
one it's like a sort of movement where protagonist tries with it protagonist tries to move forward gets stopped tries to move forward gets stopped they gets picked off one by one very linear sort of thing instead he talks about having dueling antagonists and having the characters yeah. like trying different things to get at each other and so there's no there's none of that in this movie mm-hmm. and so like the characters do not try to do anything to defeat dracula like they until like yeah. the end and it's like and it's the most drastic action it's the drag action of we need to sink the boat that's a and i think that's a good instinct of that's where that needs to go i think that that's mm-hmm. a good incorporation of the fact that they're on a boat i think but you need to have build up and it's it's so bizarre there are multiple things that are very bizarre about this movie and the way it's built up one of them being they don't learn anything like so again going back to the fire thing they see that the guy who's been bitten gets burned up and then later they learn where dracula's coffin is why not try to bring the coffin out into the sun and then you can have another moment where say they're they're like okay you ready and then they open it (gasps) dracula's not there and it's like a problem and the sun is setting and then it's and it's night and they don't know what's happening and their attempt didn't work like if you think about a movie like Alien is somewhat distant in my memory, so I'm, I'd be struggling to come up with specific examples, but I saw The Thing somewhat recently. That's a movie where they try a bunch of things to defeat The Thing, and it's like, okay, that kind of worked. They do the blood test at one point, and they learn that they can use blood to identify who is The Thing and who's a real person. That works, but it leads to this different conflict, and this other conflict makes them do this, and they react this way, and it's this back-and-forth motion where the thing reacts to what they did and so the thing gets rid of the blood samples it like destroys them and then the characters have to react to that and it's this thing that builds up together like like a double helix kind of and this movie doesn't have that it's just dracula is this force that they don't even really acknowledge for most of the movie and they don't try anything to beat it the characters are just allergic to like defending themselves they just assume that there's they know there's a problem that every animal on board has been mauled by something and then they're just like okay with that and they're not like they don't actually try to find the source they don't try particularly hard they have a lot of cargo it takes them a long time to even think that it could be something in the cargo (laughs) that maybe there's someone hiding on the cargo like You'd also think that they would start turning on each other like a little more than they did. They turn yeah. on each other like a very shallow way. They're like, maybe it was you. And then they're like, no, it wasn't. And they're like, no, you're probably right. <laughs> probably <laughs> well, wasn't yeah. you. And the thing is, I can understand if they don't go that route because it's a little absurd where it's like, okay, a person didn't do this. Like, that, unless one of you secretly has fangs, mm-hmm. like, th- you didn't do this. Like, I, I no, but you, like, could, you could come up with, like, sure a thing like like yeah because the the idea is you've you've got this character uh who is sworn to rationality and who will refuse to believe that there's a dracula there's still like almost certainly it's one of two things really it's either a scary animal or a human who is using some weird tech and like not like tech tech like like a tool like if you had think of wolverine's claws if you had that, but something that you or like just a hold bear trap hands. kind of contraption, like sort of something, you know, yeah. like yeah, yeah. there's it. There are rational explanations, but they don't even take those seriously to like yeah. actually 
try. I read a review by uh, David Eilrich, I think, on on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. And what the the final thing he he writes before he you know puts the link to his actual article is like they don't even try to look for him in the daytime. Like they yeah. did, they they completely squander daytime, <laughs> and they yeah. like they have an expert on Dracula on board. Yes. It takes her a That's while to problem. be revived, but like if we know how Dracula works, I feel like we could get past a lot of these kind of silly things. Or if or you know, if you decide that we don't know how Dracula works, like slowly learning how he works and the rules, yeah. that's a thing, and they do neither of those things. Yes. Yes, there needs to be some function in which we learn about Dra- the characters learn about Dracula, and we need to learn what the rules of Dracula are. That's a different yeah. point, but I want to touch on the the character, the girl who is the stowaway, and is like mm-hmm. she's basically she's there because Dracula has been feeding off of her, and so her function in the script really is to be the knowledge dispenser, is to know mm-hmm. things about Dracula and tell them things so that they can try them. Even if those things don't work, that doesn't really matter. It just moves the plot and escalates things. However, when there he's there is a scene in this movie where the main character's like, How do we kill this guy? And she's like, How the fuck should I know? <laughs> it's like, okay, so she doesn't know anything about him, and then she does. Like later in the movie, it turns out she does actually know some things about him. It's like, well, you should have shared that earlier, and then they could have tried different things. It's yeah, it's interesting because she's you're you're completely right about the role she fills. There's um, I forget if it was the the no, I think it was Save the Cat actually does this one. We're just really referencing screenwriting books, but part mm-hmm. of the the things of like monster in the house uh, type stories, which this is one alien. All the ones you mentioned are monster yeah. in the house stories. One of the classic tropes is character who is um survivor of the monster who knows yeah. the rules. So Jaws has that, I forget his name, but like the captain who's seen the shark before. Um, I'm not sure if there was one in Alien, I can't remember. Actually, I think the robot might be one. Doesn't matter. Um, this is a, a classic oh, yeah. trope. And it's so strange that like, she. this is a character, even if she doesn't like know how to kill him, this is like basically folklore from her village. But also like, yeah. clearly real so she life. Should- they she should, should have some like right but it's like and yeah. even if the folklore is wrong that's an interesting mm-hmm. development of she's like well they say in my village that you can stake him through the heart and then maybe they can do like a subversion of the dracula mythos where they say no you actually can't do that it's not a thing fine well, that's fine an, an example of that mm-hmm. is the the cross seems to have no effect on him which i thought was, yes i thought that was a thing and so and that is if that had been set up as like yes. religion can save you from him and then it doesn't work that's really yeah. interesting but it's only presented as something that doesn't work and we're not su- we're not really supposed to believe except right. based on maybe knowledge we bring into the movie that it wouldn't work or that, that and it so that work. this ties into one of my other points which is about dracula rules and that isn't to say dracula rules although he kind of does i like which dracula is what i thought movie. and also pretty cool. movies these days, it does seem Dracula rules. We have Renfield, Chloe yeah. Zhao's making that vampire movie. A third There's example. the Nosferatu. Um, Nosferatu, Eggers, yeah. Eggers, Nosferatu, yeah. Um, Dracula rules. But yes, so somewhat early in this movie, 
we should get a sense of what he can do or what it is rumored that he can do. And I know that this movie could do something really interesting where Dracula is enshrined in our in public consciousness. And so the average consumer of the movie knows a certain amount about Dracula. And so pressing those rules, reminding us of certain things, calling our attention to different things, subverting it here and forcing it there later in the movie would be a very interesting thing to do. And then I also think there's a similar thing with boat travel they could do, but I'll let you go. It's, it's like The Witch, the classic example you yeah. have to bring up, where the best witch movie in decades, we've maybe ever, is because someone did a lot of research on yeah. witch folklore. And you kind of see it in this movie. I think the bit about the dirt was interesting. They don't yeah. really mention it, and so that's something that I know about it. Actually, because of the TV show, What We Do in the Shadows, funny enough. But, oh, yeah. It's, um, it, it has to be dirt from his homeland, rule. right? That's yes, what and that's, that's how he has to live. So he needs yeah. the dirt. But we never address it. It's never yeah. a thing. And like just talking about it now, I'm like, obviously a, a really... Like, a, a potential solution is get the dirt off the boat. If you yeah. know that dirt is a thing, like, don't tease things that don't matter, you know? Yeah. I think, I think that would have been a really interesting thing. They try, they try to shovel the dirt off the boat, and then he has to do something about it. And it's, again, that yeah. idea of dynamic conflict. Trying yeah. things, it's working, but because he is not a static character either, Dracula, he is going to also try things to, to survive longer. Um, they yeah. just don't do that. And um, you can still you can still do that in such a way that he has the upper hand the entire time. And every absolutely. and every attempt winds up being somewhat futile because Alien is like that and the thing is like that, where they're really they're gaining an inch and losing a mile every time. But these that guys, inch is very important. These guys have guns. They've yes. had guns the whole movie and they bring them out at the end only. And when There's they like shoot Dracula, zombies. it deters him a little bit. Yeah. Like, it, it, legit, it, it we, doesn't kill him, but it oh does something. Like, like have we not yeah. considered ballistic warfare yet? Why is that the last <laughs> thing to come up? That's, yeah. like, the first option. When you, like, like, they're on duty in pairs knowing there's something hunting them, and they... Yes. They don't have guns yet, right? They don't bring the It's guns not until, of, like, this... Oh, I think it's the second night. The second time they're patrolling... I think then they. Oh, then they I, guns just, then? I remember the captain says everyone should be armed. Like we're doing okay. it. Everyone's gonna be armed. So there is that. But then it doesn't. Guns. It doesn't matter because no one fires it. It's like the mm -hmm. Chekhov's gun thing. Where, yeah, whatever. But I also wanted to touch upon the thing you said where don't tease things that don't wind up mattering. And this also ties into my idea of navigation earlier. We through film language, and I mean an insert, close up insert are introduced to the fact that it is very important that someone is steering the ship and has either their hands on the wheel or yeah. they tie a rope so that it doesn't move. So, ostensibly, that's important. Like, the steering of the boat... Like, again, another simple idea. In having to deal with Dracula, they find the wheel spins and no one's there and then they get lost off course. Like, it's just like another... Like, another thing of, like, yeah. I just feel like it was so obvious that, you, you know, like, it's an isolate. it's in that subgenre of Monster in the House, they're in an isolated situation, but it's better if you specifically add in the environment that they're in, and an interesting wrinkle of that is 
well, you can get lost at sea. You can wind up being anywhere. And, like, I just... It's so weird. I don't think that they... They don't go over enough what is important about a boat and, like, what are the requirements of the environment there. Another example I have is towards the end when they're talking about... And this is kind of me being dumb because once it happened, I was like, right, obviously. But when they're planning on sinking it, they just have an axe in their hand. And I was like, what are what are they going to... What are they going to do? What, is, what does that mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and I just feel like, yeah, I don't know. So maybe, maybe that was just me being dumb. Cause like, yeah, obviously when you puncture a boat, it sinks, but like, I don't know. I felt, I felt like there should have been something, some more attention of what is necessary for the upkeep and the ultimate safe arrival of this boat. And again, then you can subvert and reinforce that wherever you want. Yeah. Speaking of boat rules, Something that I thought would play more into this is at one point the characters are like, we are like out of food. All the animals yeah. have been slaughtered. And then yeah, that's just not a thing that they are not Doesn't starving. Matter. By and the end of the movie, I they're think, like, we're a day away. And it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, you're fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I think a more interesting movie would have really... So, so not only do we not have food, we also, I'm just referring to my notes somewhere. Oh, no, where should I put it? Um, so, okay, so they, there's food deprivation, or hunger, we'll call it, right? There's mistrust. There's new yep. people on the crew we don't know. There's also stowaways, and there's maybe racism. I'm not sure if that was a problem on the, the boat. It was implied as part there was of a little backstory. Bit. A little bit? Okay. Yeah, um, there's a point where a, a character says derogatory thing. It's one scene, but yeah. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that's like racism, but like it's not. It's not around when it's not convenient, you know. Like like it's only right. like you put it in the scene to make it part of a thing, and then we'll just drop it. And I think that was kind of lame. Um, I actually think it's integrated into his character well, though. I think that his experience that was with racism yeah. and how that how that makes sense with his worldview actually makes a lot of sense. And I yeah, think it, I it's actually that. well tied in. Yeah. So, so we have mistrust, maybe racism, hunger. And then also if they start realizing that Dracula is up at night and maybe we should not be sleeping at night. Yeah. Sleep deprivation. And also yeah. just like, like also, Maybe you don't feel like sleeping during the day either because spooky monster on board, whatever. That's like yeah. a perfect catalyst, like a uh, crucible for tension on this boat where you just can't get away. Yeah. And we, we do nothing with it. No one's yeah. like, this is one of those things where like people should be going nuts. They should be going cuckoo bananas and we don't have any yeah. cuckoo banana people. Yeah. Uh, Again, in the th in the thing, one of the guys immediately loses his mind and breaks all the communication devices so that they can't contact anyone and like destroys their their uh, transportation methods like immediately. And it's like yeah. the movie needs more of that. Yeah. There should have been someone who, like, was like really, really, truly believed that it was the doctor the whole time. I think is another mm. thing. There should have been someone who was like. No, it's this guy for sure. Because that's immediately more attention. You know, lock him up, put him away. And then that's trouble for doctor guy is being stuck in, yeah. like, the brig. Um, and also just, like, this movie doesn't use daylight hours almost ever. Daylight seems like a passing event when you'd think 
most of the attempts should be there to right. try and find him or and you can do know, an interesting thing like where unpresent another component of a boat is that above deck there is the sun but below deck there is very little sunlight and so potentially dracula could actually navigate during the day under the deck mm -hmm. and maybe that's something that dracula is forced to do where like he's like oh fuck these guys are gonna kill me if i sleep during the day and so i need to i need to operate during the night that would be an interesting problem for dracula to try to solve yeah um, but the movie doesn't treat it like that and another quick boat rules thing is the say the lifeboat that they have mm -hmm. that we don't it has not been focused on until someone uses it, uh -huh. which is not good. We need to know that that's an option, and people need to be talking about, fuck this, I'm getting off the boat. I'm taking the lifeboat right now. Fuck this, I'm out of yeah. here. Like, that needs to happen, and they need to do it. And what I will say, though, I like... Okay, so it's a negative and a positive. The positive is that I like that the boat comes right back, and so we are presented about, with... Yeah. That's not an option, but they don't learn that their plan that they wind up conceiving doesn't account for that. They saw that one of their crew members tried to leave on the safety boat, probably died because it's covered in blood and it came right back. Um, and then they try it again anyway. Like their, their plan hinges upon them having the lifeboat at the end while Dracula sits at shore. What they should learn from this is that Dracula is not confined to the boat. And so like their final plan doesn't really make sense with that knowledge there's yeah there's a lot of things i don't i don't love the idea that dracula is not confined to the boat i guess mm, as an idea of like here's a creature that is unstoppable has kind of like wide-ranging powers that is a as in the plus column uh yeah. i do think it's a little silly but um i i, I think that they should they should do, like, a limited flight thing at least. Like, they should be like, yeah. oh, his, his wings are torn up or something, and so he can he can do this because, and that, but he couldn't literally like, fly off the boat to England if he wanted to. Why couldn't he fly to no, London? That's what right. I asked. Yeah. And there's no, yeah. there's no reason he couldn't from what we see. Right. Uh, also, just, like, I have it in my head that the dead can't cross over water, and that's maybe not a vampire one, but that's something that's always in my mind. And, like, I don't know if, I don't know if you could do that. Um, that's usually more for Sleepy Hollow and sometimes zombies, but I'm getting too nerdy about this. Um, I will say that you think that the lifeboat disappearing is enough and just have yeah. it gone and just be like, oh, he's left us. We don't, he, they don't have to know that he died. They just need to know that that is an option that is gone now because somebody looked out for themselves instead of the greater good of the crew. Yeah, I actually think it's a stronger character moment for Dracula, though, that he sent the boat back to... No, I'm being serious. Like, I think oh, that... I actually, he sent it back? I think... Oh, I didn't see it yeah, in that. He, okay, that's interesting. Well, I think that's what's implied, because the boat's going in one direction, and then suddenly it's coming back, right? So, like, mm -hmm. I think the implication is that Dracula specifically sent the boat back to the boat to show them, yeah, this is here, you can use it, it's not gonna fucking work, though. Like that's, yeah, I think that's actually a stronger move. beat than than boat is just gone because you still have that's the betrayal, fair. you still have you still have oh someone in our group, uh, decided to betray the group, but then you also have the Dracula moment as well. Yeah. So okay. I no, I, I like that in concept too. Also, what even happens to it? Does it get? It just disappears. It just, like I don't, we don't see it ever well, again. I think 
I think they somehow get it back on the main boat. Unless they had a different one. Like, unless no, they had another lifeboat. Do they use it again? Is what I'm yes. asking. I don't... When is it again? It's used? it's it's there again when they're trying when they're trying to leave at the end. The main doctor tells the girl, "Yeah, lower it, lower the boat, like lower the lifeboat," oh, okay. and the lifeboat is there. Okay, I forgot. Uh, so that. Okay. yeah, I don't know if there's another one. And then I believe they they wind up drifting away on the wreckage of the lifeboat. Oh, that's, that's also I, yeah. there's a there's a bad filmmaking moment uh, in that final thing. Um, I'm what just gonna I'll just say it now, but it's Go like yeah, it. so. Maybe you didn't experience this, but it's very unclear to me. Like, so what happens is they are both, a la Jack and Rose, are are hugging this piece of driftwood, except they are both attached to it and they're both fine. They're both kind of drifting. The shore isn't that far away. Um, Vampire Girl reveals that she is a vampire and thus wants to die. And. So, okay, so what happens is she gets on a different part of the wreckage and then floats away from him. And he floats to the shore while she goes out and burns up. This was very confusing to me. First of all, this looked to me like one solid piece of wreckage that could not be set apart from the other one. So I don't, it's weird to just suddenly do that without like an insert or something of her specifically severing the two pieces or whatever it is. Like, that works. There's also a very, very wide, high-angle shot of her drifting off where we cannot see him in relation to it. And I was like, is he on that too? Like, because I didn't oh. understand. <laughs> okay. I didn't understand that she they had severed the wreckage. That didn't make sense to me with the filmmaking. And so I thought he was just on the same piece where she was burning up because it's so wide that I couldn't see and then it cuts to him on a different piece, but the shot is so tight that we can't see her in relation to him. And so it's like, where are these things in relation to each other and what is happening? I, I had a, I really struggled with that last part. It wasn't until like she started burning where I was like, oh, okay, they're, they're separated. She's drifting this way. He's drifting that way. But yeah. we need like, we need something that establishes that and there's nothing. Yeah, I'll say the I, I I didn't experience that one specifically, but sometimes the the spatial uh, continuity or um, no, it was, it was it was more for me um, shot choice. Just sometimes where like we cut to wides, and I would always ask why, why like it feels so much more tense when you're with the character. It's like comedy goes wide and horror goes close is kind of like the general rule. And so often I was just like, I feel so much less tense if I can see, if right. I'm quite distanced from the character. I don't feel for them anymore. Um, I also it's also that you can see, you can that, see no that they're not them. in danger. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas if yeah. you're so close to their perspective and you're kind of like only seeing their POV sometimes, like I think, yeah. So just some choices I, were not the strongest in terms of directing the camera. I think. Um, yeah. uh, something that we can also talk about for the, the monster in the house type thing is I think those movies well okay I don't know if this is necessarily true but this movie this movie decides to be more about gore and like an intense like action leaping about vampire and I think that in theory can work it's not something that I would like aesthetically like i find 
other kind of more implied violence more interesting. But I think also the execution wasn't great. I think the Dracula leaping about was a little goofy sometimes. Kind of reminded me of like uh, the werewolf from Harry Potter kind of thing. Um, yeah. And even more than that, what was actually really disappointing was that clearly the movie was going for gore some of the time. Like the first couple kills, I was like, oh, this is more gory than I was expecting. And then yeah. does nothing with that. Doesn't, doesn't go for gore most of the other times. And in fact, there's one particular bit that I found actually quite funny when the, the guy who turns into the zombie, I don't know what his name is, but they're like looking for him and they're like, where is he? What happened? And the kid, like blood starts dripping on his face and you're like, like, and all the characters start slowly looking up and I'm expecting to see like the most horribly mangled human you've yeah. ever seen in your life. And he has yeah. a head wound. He's got a little scratch on his forehead and it, like if if that's not what you wanted to do with that character in that moment, fine. But I just found that they were setting up an expectation of gore that they did not hold on to. And if it's not gore, and if the creature, if we see the creature early on, it's not about the suspense of what the creature looks like. There's a point where I'm like, what about this is scary? It's it, it turns into like this creature will probably kill you. Like that's what the fear is from, because we see him in full a lot of the time and maybe he's supposed to look a little creepy but for a horror film did not find it particularly scary i think they could have done that better no i didn't find it particularly scary either and i agree that they could have gone harder on the horror <laughs> the gore, the gore. <laughs> yeah the gore they definitely could have gone harder on the gore however i do i disagree about the movement of dracula and the way he's moving around i actually quite I like the design of the Dracula character quite a bit, actually. I think it's quite fun. And I think it's one of the stronger points of this movie, actually. I think I think that they do a, a clever thing of, again, this isn't a super high-budget movie, and I think that they hide the CGI with lighting well, where he is in darkness, but he's not, like, so pitch black that you can't see anything. There's, like, enough of him that's illuminated, but it's also dark enough that they can hide maybe rougher CGI that... You know, it's it's harder to animate something that's in broad daylight, and you can see everything. Yeah. And so I, I liked that, and I like the I like the way his face looks. I actually like his whole kind of bat like design. I like the way he flies around. Um, so I I actually quite like that, and I I think that these movies like really lend themselves well to really fucked up gore. And I agree that this movie needs to do more of that. Like you think the thing that movie super gory. That movie gives goes you like crazy images of like there's the famous uh chest belly opening with the teeth thing like that's fucked up and then the guy's hands come off like that's crazy alien is super gory like the like the way people die in alien is really brutal and so i think that like i think that that is a really good direction to take it i i agree that they need to do more with it though um i also do think that the dracula reveal is perhaps a bit unceremonious i don't mind yeah. seeing dracula early i just think that it needs to be more like oh we're seeing glimpses of him here and there there's actually a really nice part where um the doctor is like looking from the other end of the boat and he can't quite tell he's like kind of squinting and we just see kind of the silhouette of 
what at that point looks like a man-shaped thing like who's like but it's a little off and it's like so he's not sure and it's nighttime that i quite like and i wish that there was a bit more of that and then a really good just reveal of this is dracula and that can be early like that's fine with me and then i agree after that point he needs to be a bit more brutal yeah um what else can we talk about uh let's talk about characters uh this is just kind of random jumping around but um there we talked about some of the the good things about characters but uh i do have some some nitpicks let's call them about about character um i did find that the doctor lead character clemens i think there was there was something about him where i was not ever fully invested and I could feel the attempts to make me invested. I think the idea of he's he's got a very clear world view, which I think you outlined, in that he's he's trying to make sense of the world, and it has to do with the racism he's experienced. Um, but there was just something lacking in how that coalesces, I guess. Um, maybe it's in the 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 dynamics of the character. Maybe. He, he, I guess he does have his save the cat moment. He's saved the kid who dies later, but um, I don't know. Maybe you want to talk about it, but like, I just I didn't really care enough, and maybe it's just a lack of like giving him enough to do, where it's a lot of talk and walking around and reacting to what's happening. Yeah. Maybe that's what it is. My pr- yeah, my problem is not a characterization thing. I think it literally is that, where we just need to see him take more substantive action for him to be our Initiative. main hero. Yeah, yeah and e- even if that isn't, like... Again, I, I mean, I'm, I'm broken record, but in The Thing, like, Kurt Russell's character, like, immediately tries to take charge and does different things. Ripley tries a bunch of different things in Alien. Like, she takes substantive action because of these... Yeah, because of the threat. Is, and I think that's what it is. I actually don't think you need any more... In terms of characterization, I think that if you look at the other movies within this kind of subgenre, they don't really like you. Really, you really don't delve more into the characters than what we got in this. And I actually, I think it's kind of unnecessary. I uh, one thing I really like actually is how, like the this movie like draws a comparison between like religion and rationality, and how like they're yeah. they're kind of similar. And so like because even though he's a very like scientifically minded person, he has faith. And, like, this is a question of faith for him. Like, he has faith in the idea that everything can be explained and everything in the universe, if through scientific progress, can um, be discovered rationally or can be explained rationally. And then I also like that he has some doubt. And there are some things where he's like, I just don't get it. Like, I just... But it, every, every, everywhere I go, it just seems to get more strange. Like, I like that it's not just a one-note thing. Um, and I like that it... it ultimately says that it's a it's faith like he has faith in this idea in the same way that other characters have faith in jesus and whatever like i think that that's an interesting thing um there are other religious references i think are fun like i like that uh i really really like when dracula strings up the guy in a cruciform position like to like to spite them like i like that dracula's kind of catty in this movie and he's like he is like yeah yeah like and i i think that's great i think that it's really fun that this idea of sacrifice i'm that i I forget exactly who it even is oh it's the captain because the captain's gonna sacrifice himself 
and he is tied up in the cruciform position, which is like a symbol for sacrifice. He was going to sacrifice for the greater good of the crew, and Dracula's like, yeah, fuck you. Like, <laughs> like it's just it's just a spitting in their beliefs moment. And I think that there is there's a certain level of Dracula is a threat to the order of the universe, which is a very conventional horror concept. And I, I really like that. And I like that it's tied into the idea of both rationality and Christianity as being almost kind of the same thing in this movie. And Dracula is a threat to both of them. And I think that that I, I like that quite a bit. It's interesting. Yeah. The, the idea of like the threat to the universe. I don't know if, is there a part where they're like, we have to save the people of London? Is that a thing? I can't that's, remember. That's honestly. a bit of a problem. Yeah. Okay. There is a, I, feel like I think it should be emphasized more, but yeah. Yeah. I think I think There's, for for yeah. for someone who's like a doctor too, like I feel like that idea, and being like, no, we need to destroy this ship so that he doesn't yeah. just go ham on the the modern world, yeah. you know? Because that's fuck- that's like a classic. Yeah. So classic. many movies in this subgenre do that too, and it's um, and I really like when they do that too. But uh, I will no, say. Uh, but what I meant, I to be clear though, I didn't mean I actually didn't mean a threat to. I didn't mean a literal threat to the world. I meant to, in the sense that he's death, kind of thing. Sort of. I mean that he is transgressive and he doesn't fit the laws, and so his existence Mm -hmm. is a threat because it defies explanation and it defies established order. Because that's like the essential function of so many horror movies, where it's like there is the world and there is the order, and then there is this interloper whose existence cannot be explained in it, and so either like. Like, the logic of horror is that either he needs to be destroyed or the world is corrupted or whatever. Like, and that's, yeah. like, essentially what's at stake in every, in a lot of horror movies anyway. Stake, get it, vampire. Um, I also yeah. think that this the, the idea of rationality, um, logic and reason versus religion and superstition, I, I really think they could have played that up by, like, 50% or more. I think the character Clemens... I feel like his rationality isn't, and like like insistence on there being a rational explanation is not given enough um, screen time, I guess. Uh, mm. Partially, again, because he is a character who does not try to solve the problem. And I think if he was trying to solve the problem, we would see some of the rationality play out more. Like yeah. what this is more likely to be than a vampire. And a point where like, I don't know when we have to start solve the the vampire problem or maybe he thinks it's something else, you know, he doesn't yeah. think it couldn't be magic, but I know well, there's what a, I saw it. There's it's a little a bit of that. Yeah. So he thinks it's he thinks it's rabies at first. He thinks one of the animals got rabies and did that to the other animals, which makes sense. Like that's I believe that is like a starting place that he might go. Um yeah. I I agree that it should I to me it what the problem is my problem with the characters is actually that we have this really fun characterization and then they all kind of drop out and they mostly drop out because yeah. nothing, because shit isn't happening and they don't, yeah. they don't have anything to engage with and we don't get to see their ideological conflicts and their different ideas yeah, of it. how they feel about it. And I think that through that, you just get a better sense of, of how these things compare and contrast. Um, yeah, for me, it's not, I actually like that it's not super overstated in this movie. Like, it's somewhat, like, there are multiple scenes where it's like, okay, I get what you're talking about. It, I'm not saying it's, like, super subtle, but I I wouldn't want this to be too, 
brought up too much. I think I just want more character interpersonal conflict that brings up these ideas. Yeah. That's that is what I mean though when I when I say yeah. that sort of thing. Cuz I think this again the setup you've created with the the specifically the characters you've chosen to put on the boat like you've created this this setup that is ripe for conflict. You've got sea seafaring people as they call them in the movie, seamen. Yeah. You've got some yeah. seamen on board. You've got yeah. the Antichrist Dracula religious kind of inherent figure and as his opposite, a cook who is very devout, like religious specifically, not just a superstitious seafarer. And then you've got a doctor. Like that's that's a cool combination of characters. And then also yeah. now you've got um, a girl who believes in the folklore as well, a different form mm -hmm. of superstition or religion, and yep. a, a child who's potentially open to the possibilities. And I, I feel like they don't do enough with that. Um, yeah. But like you, like you said, a good collection of characters. You've got like the groundwork. You've yeah. done that much, and so that was, that was good on them. Um, I think, yeah, I, last thing I kind of want to talk about is does this get a sequel? There's kind of like uh, a, the game is afoot kind of moment. Yeah. Almost Sherlock Holmes, like, I gotta go get this guy. <laughs> kind of like. Yeah, and I think that's great. Like, I actually, yeah. I saw the other day and I was like, yeah, I'd absolutely see another one of those. Where it's specifically, again, if it was like a Jack the Ripper thing, like there's a killer in London. And then there's also an interesting thing where it's like he's the only one that knows, and then maybe he meets other people from Transylvania or whatever, and there's this and that, and like I, like, I would see a sequel for sure. Me too, and I like that was yeah. kind of the joke of my letterbox review. Did you see it, by the way? No, it's no. it's kind of annoying, I bet, but like it's, I just said the the conceit of the review was, what are they gonna call the sequel? And then I go on for like like a page of <laughs> potential names but it stops being about names and is about other things eventually like it's more of a, a conversation with myself in the form of movie titles anyways um but part of it part of it i i i kind of interwove like real bits being like well what happens next in the story and obviously like when they go to london that's where they meet the van helsing like that's where yeah. that character is from Fucking do Van Helsing. I don't like maybe Clemens is Van Helsing. No, I maybe I want Clemens to be the guy. With, he maybe he's <laughs> friends with Van Helsing. Like like he he would either like meet Van Helsing or become the role of Van Helsing. I that's what in I would anything want. in anything but name, right? Yeah. There's a part later where the the a character of the eponymous Redfield does show up like like maybe it's the last voyage of the demeter and then the asylum right like that's where that's where the next that's also a really great movie location to do yeah. a vampire thing an asylum and that's part of yeah. the lore uh dracula also is supposed to like i think build a house like that's his plan dracula's house <laughs> like <laughs> like like point. really <laughs> great visual ideas come to mind yeah. and i can i can totally see clemens being on the hunt for someone and making a new ragtag group of quirky characters yeah in london i'm yeah. i would totally see a sequel to this despite Absolutely. being kind of like disappointed by by this one um do you have any ideas for the sequel 
I think what we've described. I think that I think, I think we've got some good ones out there. I think Clemens rebuilds the Demeter because that's that again. That was part of the joke. Was like, what do you call a sequel to this movie? Because it's not about the Demeter anymore. That's gone. Unless, yeah. wait, the second last voyage of the Demeter. <laughs> the, I think that's a prequel though. The Demeter sails again. I don't know. The Demeter yeah. too. He rebuilds yeah. the Demeter. We're just really insistent about the boat thing. Like, like can you imagine? <laughs> we've we've set up. Okay, Dracula is on land now in London. What happened? <laughs> and they go and back to the boat. First thing, they're like, "Okay, we have to get them back on the boat." That's what this is about. It's like one of those Marvel like post-credit scenes. We're gonna completely ignore where the yeah, last movie we're just left going off right and back. do something completely yeah. different. Yeah, straight like left turn. Um, that's all I have to say about this movie. Do you have any other that's final all I have to points? Say too. Well, we have a segment we do post movie. Yeah. So this is the part where we ask the most important question: Would this movie be better if the predator from the movie Predator was in it? Uh, so we ask that question. What's interesting? The predator itself in the same sort of vein of movies. Mm. It's kind of the same sort of thing. Um, Monster in the house. I don't probably, think Predator would make this not. movie better. <laughs> I, I don't. I, I think probably not. I think just. I actually think Dracula has the groundwork of being a very strong antagonist in this movie that they just don't do quite enough with. Um, so I would. I'd say no. I don't want Predator in there. He is basically Predator. Dracula is, is basically so. It would just be he's two Predator of and same. Alien. Yeah, yeah, he's Predator and Alien and the Thing. He's all of those things. It would just yeah. be two of the same guy, and I, yeah. it would be. I think it would be too much, which is not mm. something you usually hear when we do this segment. Anyways, Peter, we have yes. a segment. Just kidding, I'm Peter. Uh, uh -oh. Predators picks. I'm gonna do it like Peter. Predators picks. So yeah, we have this <laughs> where we where we talk about what we've watched, listened, read. Usually, it's yes. watched. Uh, yeah. Aiden, what are some things you've watched? Yeah, so it's been a little while since we've recorded an episode, and so we, we both have quite exhaustive lists. I will go over, I will touch upon all of them, but only go into some of them more briefly. So one of the first things that I was doing was sort of a Fincher watch through. Uh, I don't know if I'll stick through this, but I, I kind of want to just complete the Fincher catalog. Uh, so I was re I rewatched Zodiac, which I'm not a huge fan of. I was not a huge fan of it when I had first watched it and watched this again was like had somewhat the same opinion more or less uh it's weird that Jake Gyllenhaal isn't in that movie for 40 minutes whatever there's another there are other things to get into then I watched for the first time the girl with the dragon tattoo not a big fan um in the case with both movies I think that my big problem was screenwriting and not directing I think that David Fincher is a very good director but I did not like the stories very much of either, to be honest, although I like Zodiac a lot more. Uh, another thing that I watched, I'm going bouncing all around here, is that something I may have mentioned before is that one of my favorite movies ever is a movie called La Jetée, which is a French short film. And so I watched the American movie that is based on it, known as 12 Monkeys with Bruce Willis. Um, and uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. You can okay. definitely see that it's an adaptation of, the, of, of La Jetée. Uh, I actually think it builds it builds on some of the ideas really well. I think that the filmmaking is really interesting in it. It has this kind of absurd sort of lens. I think that there may be some problems here and there, but 
my cat is meowing. Uh, yeah, yeah, Lola agrees with me. But yeah, no, I actually, I really, really enjoyed it. I like the aesthetics of it a lot. It's a cool movie. Uh, so I've been talking about The Thing a lot this episode. That's because I watched The Thing for the first time somewhat recently. That's a very good movie. I like that movie a lot. Very, very tight, classic movie. That's the kind of shit that, you know, you stand on the shoulders of when you're making a horror movie, I think, for sure. I think a lot of a lot of horror movies try to do that. Yeah, and try to, like if you were going to yeah. do a, a Dracula on a boat, <laughs> you might stand on the shoulders exactly. of this movie. Yeah. yeah. But the practical effects are great. Performances are great. Great. Uh, good premise. I know it's a remake, um, but yeah, really great premise, and I think it's fun. Uh, Alex and I... Oh, actually, I'll leave those. I'll leave those to the very end. Uh, sure. I watched the movie uh, La Piscine, uh, which is a French movie, I believe, directed by Jacques Leray or something like that, his name. Mm. Uh, this was kind of just a random one that I had found on the Criterion channel, and I really liked it. It's actually a really, really interesting movie, and that I think was like surprisingly progressive in its ideas. Like It, it was mid-60s, and I think that it actually had some really interesting ideas about... like gender and power and bodies and stuff uh and i quite liked it there's some weird kind of things that happen in it that i think just like pacing wise that are kind of bizarre but i quite like that movie uh i i really like the movie the long goodbye by robert altman uh and so i watched another movie he did with elliot gold called the california split that was a really good movie love it love the way he directs that he is good master of film form i would say um yeah and then so a uh, bunch of movies. Alex and I went to a... F- oh, actually, I'll do this one first. Saw the movie Talk To Me. Uh, really, really liked that movie. I thought it was a really fun, great horror movie. A lot of fresh ideas. Uh, exciting to see a couple of filmmakers who are clearly very passionate and doing something really fun. Uh, and then Alex and I went to a film festival, uh, the Gimli International Film Festival. Uh, and I saw a couple movies there. Namely, I saw The Green Fog by Winnipeg legend... Um, guy mad and I forgot his name for a second uh this is a really interesting movie if people don't know about it it's like it's completely comprised of edited clips of other movies and it constructs a narrative through that very interesting project um I think that sometimes it's really great and then other times it's kind of hard to follow but I think all in all I actually I quite like this movie a lot um and clearly like a labor of love like something that's really I'll add specifically it's it's vertigo they're doing Alfred Hitchcock's yeah. Vertigo using clips from other people's movies. And like a lot of movies. They do all the title cards yeah. at the end. And I was like, I had no idea it was that many movies. I thought they kept going back to the same like three. There was like 50 movies they used. That was crazy. Yeah. No, that was really good. There have been multiple versions of it too, which is interesting. Like they've used different movies throughout the years as, oh, as I understand it. I think I heard something like that. Um yeah uh we also watched a movie called piaf which was a really interesting kind of cronenberg-esque movie except it didn't dip into the body horror section it was more of like a really kind of luxurious and beautiful body kind of movie and i thought it was really really interesting dealing with a lot of those same themes that you might expect from a body horror movie like a cronenberg like a like a the fly and stuff like that but kind of a different take on it i really really liked the aesthetics of it cool movie uh that was probably my favorite one i saw at that film festival we also watched an icelandic movie called beautiful beings this was kind of a coming of age movie also quite good uh had some problems with it but it's a really interesting movie about boys and kind of 
friendship between adolescent boys and this game of dominance while also ge- having genuine care for each other and this and that. So that's what I watched. A lot of things. I can't help but notice that you've also written down The Nice Guys. Oh, I forgot. Okay, yeah. So I watched the movie The What's Nice Guys. What's that about? Oh, like I forgot. The 2016 Shane Black yes. movie? I did well, see like, the... The movie did that you see I my... like to say... No, this is the movie that I say is my favorite movie. I know. I know. I and forgot. you didn't tell me you did that. <laughs> I thought That's you... Really okay, so... I thought you would have seen on Letterboxd my review oh. for this movie because I mentioned you in it, and I say, "Oh I no, you don't get, get I don't get tags or anything." I don't. Okay, no, well, I didn't tag though. you. I just thought you might see it, so I gave okay. this movie three and a half stars and gave no. it a review. <laughs> and I gave my review was, "I'm sorry, Alex." <laughs> um, I think this movie is very funny in a lot of areas. Very, very funny. Um, I just had some problems with it. Like I just didn't think. It's kind of, um, yeah, it just, I didn't love it all the way through. Like, there are parts that I think are not as good. (laughs) I'm I'm actually trying to think of specifics, but I'm blanking on, like, what my problem is. Exactly, because it's so good. No, 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 (laughs) that's another reason. (laughs) Okay, what I'll Um, say. There's some some weird filmmaking moments, I think, in that movie. Hmm. Um, What I'll say is that. Yeah. When I when when I say it's my favorite movie, I by no means do I think it's the best crafted written no, movie I've ever seen yeah. in my life. This is the movie that I get the most joy out of. And I mm. would it's like a comfort movie, which is why I gave it I right. probably gave it five stars because like that is the kind of movie I would revisit and be like, Man, I love this movie because it it's so mm. funny and Ryan Gosling and Russell Crowe are just like an amazing amazing pairing. Yeah. Yeah. Not yeah, I, yeah, it, I, I thought it was very funny for some parts. Some jokes landed a lot better for me than others, um, but yeah, I, I liked it overall. Cool. Uh, I've been watching some movies as well. As Aiden said, we went to a film festival and I watched all those same movies. Um, I don't, I don't feel the need to talk more about any of those though. Uh, I also watched Talk to Me. There was a moment. It's interesting some behind the scenes lore. We were going to do Talk to Me for a pod. Uh, I probably I might have seen it anyways because I had liked the trailer, but um, it didn't end up happening. But I, So I saw the movie, and I think it was executed pretty well. Like, the filmmaking is quite strong. I think the visuals are really good. Uh, there's some really fun camera stuff they do. I think in terms of viewing experience, that's where the movie starts to lose me. It is quite a brutal watch uh for like gore it's it's oh, just like that's what you're okay yeah like like just what happens to the characters is quite upsetting and that's yeah. not it's not the type of movie that i watch in terms but of i that. think that's awesome <laughs> you find that that's awesome sick. And i find that it's sick that it's quite it's depraved un- <laughs> it's it's our, di- our varying stances on how we feel about depraved so we agree that they did depraved very well, uh, but that means yeah. different things for us. So I, I went out of that wishing I hadn't seen it. Uh, I was just quite quite unsettled. So they really? did a good job, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I was quite cynical. More than anything, I was just, like, angry. I was just like, man, this makes me... F- this movie makes me feel ma- bad. And Anyways. Oh, uh, so I didn't, oh, I didn't, I didn't know care. I didn't care for it. 
Uh, I've been doing a, well, Aiden has been doing Fincher. I've been doing Sydney Lumet. I've been doing my Lumet-a-thon. It started with 12 Angry Men, classic movie, very, very good. One of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, then I watched, I think next was The Pawnbroker. Not as strong. I will say it was kind of, I found it kind of dull. That It's a, it's a post-Holocaust movie, so someone kind of living with having gone through that scenario. And the way, like, memories just kind of crop up based on things happening in the in in his present life is uh, quite well done. Uh, but, yeah, I just found as a narrative it wasn't nearly as strong. Failsafe was really good. It's funny, 12 Angry Men came out in 1957, and I've, I'm, I'm, I'm picking only movies he's done that are quite well-received or quite popular. Uh, and so 1957 was that one. Pawnbroker, Failsafe, and The Hill came out in a period of two years. Two of the movies were released in the same yeah. year, and it was 1964 and 1965, I believe, were when those three movies came out. So jumping yeah. from 57 to that is very interesting to me. And I think yeah. the next one I'm, I'm going to watch of his does not come out until the 70s. And I think that's... Really? Uh, I think next is Dog Day Afternoon. No, it's Serpico. Serpico is next with um, uh, Pacino. Anyways, um, Failsafe is really awesome. It's like, uh, what if... It's a, it's a Cold War movie where the worst case scenario has happened. Not that the Russians are like attacking, but what if there was a technical error that makes the Americans attack the Russians? So a false kind of... A false affirmative like go has been sent out, and they keep trying to undo it. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's a, cat. <laughs> there's a cat. There's a cat issue going on. Um, keep going. <laughs> anyways, so uh, failsafe is was very good, just like the quite anti-military and how um, technology and 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 human systems both tend like will fall apart and also quite cynical but a movie i found that lumet's movies are frequently quite cynical after 12 angry men uh mm. and, but it's it this is the kind of cynical that i like uh so failsafe i liked and i think i liked the hill maybe a little bit more than failsafe so i didn't know much about this movie it's sean connery and a quite he's oh, yeah. great in this movie and he's um one of a couple of army folks who are in jail they're in army jail in i think it's in india and that's where this movie is set in army jail and it's basically about how the people who are in charge like the military police or like the the prison people are just like the worst fucking people in the world and just like truly making these people miserable uh and there's this this like torture thing they've concocted called the hill it's just a hill but it's sand and they're forced to like lug their packs up and then back down and then up and back down over and over and over again and mind you they're in india where it's very very hot uh mm. and so you know it's just like a cab uh police brutality kind of thing but for like the prison complex and it's very clear that he's anti-military and uh so i i very much enjoyed that movie uh, I also watched two new movies. I watched TMNT, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Good movie. 
Uh, I really like the art style. I do think it got a little bit kind of like, uh, maybe not tropey, but kind of failed to define itself as, as a distinct story. Very much like, I've seen this before. I know where this is going. Right. Kind of in the, in the way that Spider-Verse was so, like the first one into the Spider-Verse was so like, I truly don't know what's going to happen next. I didn't feel yeah. that in this one. So it was kind of let down, but very, very nice art style. And I really like the kids, the, the turtles. Um, mm. were like, apparently they improved and it's so yeah. clear that like, they sound like kids. They sound like teenagers. They start doing like, like just teenager isms that you could not possibly write. That has to be like kids bouncing off of each other. There's one part where yeah. they're like, like, I don't, I don't, I, I vaguely know the reference, but I'm, I think I'm too old for this. But like the idea that drug dealers have the bacon, egg and cheese, bacon, egg and cheese, some, something like that. And they're just saying bacon, oh. egg, and cheese for like 30 seconds. And it's like, <laughs> that's what kids do. They're so funny. Um, and there was actually a moment in the movie that I was a little bit emotional about. Like the last shot, I was like, oh, that's really nice that they did that. Like, I, I was surprised. Uh, nice. So I, I would recommend people go check that one out because it was a lot of fun. Um, and the last movie I watched was Theater Camp. Uh, that was an awesome movie. I don't think it's perfect. I do think it's it's a lot of material crammed into its runtime. Uh, it's a I'll, I'll describe it. It's a mockumentary about a theater camp um, where kids you know it's a sleepaway camp where kids are there for like maybe a month and they're supposed to put on like a musical or a show. Um, right. And it's about the how the quirky counselors are trying to figure stuff out. Um, there's a newcomer who the the uh, the owner of the camp has been indisposed of and her son has to take over and it's like a struggling like financially. So it's kind of like another, like that's a tropey thing is like the camp is struggling when you have to, we have to save yeah. the camp kind of thing, but it doesn't become too much of that. There's a lot of characters. So it is kind of like, I don't know if anyone got their, their full due, but it, it is so funny, especially if you're kind of in the know of theater stuff. So I used to do theater. Mm -hmm. So like, I kind of get a lot of it, especially this is like New York theater, so a lot of like Broadway references. I found it incredibly funny. Um, and yeah, lots of great stars in there too. Ao Edebiri's in it. Uh, Patty Harrison is in it from I Think You Should Leave. Oh, she yeah. has a role in it, yeah. and I did not know that. Um, ben Platt Jimmy is in Tatro it. Jimmy Tatro is in that, right? Is he, uh, maybe, is he the main guy? The, the, he's the, the, he's the guy who's like a like a douchey kind of yeah. call it like frat guy type yeah yeah i don't know who uh, he really is funny. like i know he's got a persona to him well he was life. a youtuber he was a youtuber back is. in the day um but he's actually been in, he's he's been quite good in multiple things he was in the show american vandal and i thought he was great in that show. oh yeah that see i haven't seen that one yet he's yeah. he's good in he's good in this he's very good yeah. um but also uh ben platt is in this and i know people don't like ben platt 30 year old this boy <laughs> But, but see, the thing is he's not playing a 30-year-old boy, and, and he's playing an unlikable character. So he's actually mm. playing into type, and it works very well. Um, also, Molly Gordon is in this. She was in Shiva Baby. And it's, it's actually the movie is created by her and Platt, who it seems okay. have known each other for a long time. I never actually looked it up, but there's archival footage 
where it does look like they knew each other when they were kids. So it seems to be a very personal story. I really like that movie, and I've actually currently ranked it as my third favorite movie of the year after Oppenheimer really? and Asteroid City. I will say, mm. I've heard that other people, like your mileage may vary if you just don't get theater stuff. It's not, sure. you know, like it's kind of a niche thing, but uh, I mm. really, really enjoyed it. Next week, oh, Bonhams is out. Maybe we'll see Bonhams. Maybe it'll oh. be here. That would be very fun. Uh, that would be quite that. pleasurable if that were here. If not, uh, Blue Beetle just came out. <laughs> 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 so, those are options. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, do Blue Beetle. <laughs> um, if you like us, check us out on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Predator V Movies. If you like my thoughts on movies, check me out on Letterboxd at underscore Alex Gordon underscore. I leave reviews sometimes. Sometimes they get a little bit silly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you can also follow me on Letterboxd. I'm 810sunny, that's 810-S-O-N-N-Y. My name is Wombo. I also leave reviews sometimes, though they are often short or sparse. And yours are definitely silly. 90% Yeah, my, mine are silly. You can see You're that. kind of a silly yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, Peter, do you have anything you plug? Just kidding. You're not here, so you cannot uh, interject anything, which means... And- that means you have to leave a review you are contractually obligated if he says no that's like usually yes but also there's a clause if he's not here that's an automatic no so yes you have to leave a review you're now you're under contract obligated to leave a review leave a comment leave a like uh subscribe tell your friends all of the above because that's how people see the show and that's why that's why we're doing it. We're doing it for you. Yeah. Uh, we're doing it for yeah. the love, dude. We're doing it for the love. Exactly. Uh, but until next time, I'm Alex. I'm Peter. I made him. You're not. <laughs> uh, I made him. And, and this was Predator vs. Movies. We'll see you next week. Woo. Pew, 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 pew. pew, 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 pew.